Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. As a person who is a witness, it's important to talk about trying to make sense out of, and but that's not the goal, to notice when a person is getting stuck in trying to understand rather than to say, this is a description of what happened to me. Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor, we've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well, this could be your biggest breakthrough. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm Wendy Pett. I'm Todd Isburner. How are y'all today? What, you been asking me or are you asking all? Uh, y'all. Y'all. Yeah, then you should say y'all. all y'all. Y'all, y'all. <laughs> However you do that there in Texas. Yeah. Hey, we're looking forward to today's episode mm-hmm. uh, a lot. Um, but before we get there, I just want to ask Wendy, have you noticed or is it just me? Are, are you noticing that people are really, really like super, super sensitive these days. I mean, like, like really sensitive, like, like real really, touchy. Oh, touchy. really touchy. I yeah, mean, like yeah. every little thing and they go off, right? Like you were this morning. Oh, I was touchy <laughs> this morning. I'll, I'll admit it. Yes. <laughs> no. uh, but I had to kind of work through a little momentary yeah. touches. But I mean, just look but around social media, general, yeah. social media posts, uh, tweets, the news. Seems to me that the touchiness is an expression of hurt yes. along with anger. And it's like, everybody's being easily offended these days. Yeah. And then they're just, and they feel, cancel you know, you if, yeah, they, they get canceled <laughs> they're offended. rather than um, acknowledging, yeah, we're going to be offended, but Hey, the good news is we can actually give forgiveness. Yeah. And it's, it's really understanding why are you even f- offended, you know, and, yeah. and getting down to the root of that offense yeah. and, and, uh, and then dealing to, with it and dealing with it. And we have the perfect guest on we today do, to talk about. Yes. Cheryl Witham yes. Uh, is a pastor of formation at Church of the Cross in Minnesota. And she's an ordained deacon uh, in the Anglican Church in the Diocese of the Upper Midwest. She has a master's degree in theology with a concentration in spiritual formation from Bethel Seminary. Go Bethel Seminary. Mm-hmm. Uh, her undergrad degree was in nursing and she worked in uh, coronary care for seven years. And she's always loved caring for the hearts of others. And I'm bum, sure that's bum, physically. Bum. Yeah, physically, I, like that. I do. Good. That's no, that's really, that's sweet. So uh, currently she serves uh, at Church of the Cross as pastor formation. And Cheryl loves helping people get connected more closely with God mm-hmm. by, quote, get this, creating the space where people may encounter his presence. Mm-hmm. Like I want to run there right now, right? Yeah. Cheryl's been married to Gerard Pierre for seven years after her first, uh, first husband, John, died. And uh, he was 58 years old when he passed. Shortly after that, Gerard's wife, Pamela, also died. And as they began to walk together, God brought them together, and he brought about healing for both of them. And uh, combined, I, I may have this number wrong, I'm not sure, because it's like I was losing track counting, but they've got like 11 children 
between the two of them and 21 grandchildren. How can this Amazing. be? Amazing. I might be wrong on that number. <laughs> that is a lot of birthdays to keep track of. That is a tribe, I'm telling you right yeah. now. And uh, we've been blessed to be friends for years. We've got mm-hmm. a deep appreciation for the way they walk and especially for Cheryl's insights mm-hmm. on true forgiveness and how that can bring freedom. And so we're we're just anxious to hear more about that today. So yes, Cheryl, welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome, Cheryl, welcome. we're so glad to have you on. How fun. We have lots of great uh, dinner talk. And uh, so we're glad that yeah. we can have you on so others can kind of hear some of our deep uh, discussions over over yeah. dining together. Yeah. That's just so, we're going to pretend we're at the dining room table and have our discussions. Yeah. So welcome. Yeah, you're just right Hi. down the street. Yeah. You should tell people that. Yes, we are, we are just yeah. right down the street. Yeah. Sometimes you walk over, sometimes you drive over. Yeah, but sometimes we drive over and or walk over and then we get a ride. We back drive home. you home. Yeah. <laughs> but we get into some pretty interesting in-depth discussions, and especially about this area where uh, God has given you really great insight. Mm-hmm. In fact, can I just mention real quickly? She sure. wrote a book. Oh, well, yeah, we'll be talking about that for it. sure. We're talk about that. Yeah. I want to hold that up because freedom, this, forgiveness, how. And it's, it's the outworking of what God has been uh, teaching Cheryl yeah. and how she's been passing that along. So Cheryl, um, in your pastoral role, you have dealt with a lot of people struggling to forgive when they've been offended and even deeply wounded. Um, you've studied a lot about it, especially from the scriptural standpoint, and you've had a lot of experience working with people. But I'm guessing that you've also had some experience in your own life. And of course, I know this because I know you, but those listening... Um, I think that's going to be a great place to start. Where is this um, experience in your own life? How has that journey played out? And how have you learned to forgive and be set free? Well, the first thing I always say is, um, as a part of integrity, I think God asks us to um, incorporate his truths and his word into our own lives before we um, go about telling other people what to do or sharing yes. our profoundness <laughs> on their behalf. Yes. Um, and so what um, the core of what I have learned to be uh, the, um, what I call a method of forgiveness, I guess um, was given um, to me through um, a training that I received from a couple called Richard and Connie Smith. And they were missionaries um, with Woodcliffe uh, in um, the Spanish speaking countries. And what they began to notice was how people's worst selves came out in the pressure of being on the mission field and in Mm. um, cross-cultural experiences. And um, not only as a concern for the individual's lives or their families or their marriages, but um, for a concern um, just for the name of Christ. And I don't mean just in a small measure, but um, as people of faith, we are to be representing our Lord and Savior and His um, His image, image and His character. And when we're not, um, then um, the evil one has his way, doesn't he? And mm-hmm. so, um, Richard and Carney um, ha- sought to find out um, not only what the source of um, some of this disruption and um, disintegration. Um, was about, but also um, what ways um, can we be healed and um, what would be some of the answers to this? Because believing that um, one of my passions that I say to people is really, really, um, God has said that in Christ, he has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. 
So when we aren't living a full life and we are not living a godly life, then it's legitimate to say what's wrong, what what is missing or what is out of place. And so um, their teaching and um, their persons um, came uh, to into my life through one of my dearest friends who actually, actually was my matron mater when Gerard and I were married. And um, it came from a question um, that I had been asking about forgiveness. And I left seminary without answers. I um, read all kinds of books and everybody just kept saying, well, you just forgive. And, but I, like how, and if I really just forgave, then, then something ought to feel different. And I mm-hmm. ought to be walking then more in a direction of wholeness and wellness. And I just didn't find that to be a reality. And so um, there was, um, I, nobody makes it through crisis uh, or through life without crisis. I hope we make through crisis. But um, anyway, with that, um, it was a season when um, my first husband, John, had um, lost um, another job and he was also in a health crisis and um, was sort of spending a lot of time at home and in a very anxious kind of way of being. And I said to my friend, Didi, I have to have a space from this. Um, and could I come and be with you? And she said, you can, but this is what we're going to do. And we are going to go through um, this uh, um, experience of forgiveness. And not just in relation to um, my marriage or my um, my relationship with my husband, but Um, I was over 50 years old at the time, and I had a lot of stuff that I didn't even know was um, pushed under rugs and um, shut behind doors. And um, a lot of experiences that um, I had just chosen to try to forget about. I think that's one of the things that we say to people is just forgive and forget. And um, yet, uh, I I really believe our souls don't forget. And Mm. um, Cheryl, I'm just curious, because your friend was pulling you in, recognizing that you probably have some issues even beyond what was going on currently that needed to be dealt with. Did you think you had any unforgiveness in your life? Well, I I did because I kept saying, you know, what is this thing about forgiveness? It was the thing that haunted me. But certainly, um, I, I guess I hadn't identified forgiveness as the solution to the hurt that I'd experienced. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, that doesn't make sense, really, that I wouldn't connect hurt with unforgiveness. But um, I didn't. I, but I, I think I think you're not alone there, oh, Cheryl. Man. I think a lot of people are in that place and they've got a buildup. They have a buildup mm-hmm. of stuff and they don't realize it because they've just put it under the rug. And eventually you do trip over it. And then, it, you know, you hit a wall, you hit square in the face and, and then you are are left to deal with, okay, which direction am I going to go here? Am I going to be better or bitter? And so um, the fact that you had this opportunity is huge. So So, what happened in that process? It was six months and we just began um, in my relationships with my parents. um, And that's probably one of the hardest places to start because as um, a child, you feel like, well, you just are supposed to believe your parents did the very best they knew and um, excuse is what we do um, with those that are the closest to them, to us. And um, in this model of forgiveness, there is a big difference between excusing and accusing. And um, it's very important to have a witness because as victims, 
and and understand I wasn't this bent over person that was you know <clears throat> like acting out of all this but I I wasn't well that's that was the bottom line or as well as I could have could be um, and so the first invitation is in the presence of another of a witness who represents the person of the the our heavenly Father as the judge um, and that we. Um, find a voice and make our accusations against those who have wounded us. And I can be really tough on people at this point when I invite them to do the accusation because, because I believe that God has said, I have given you everything that you need for life and godliness in Christ. That when we have not been loved well, then those who have not loved us well have not accessed what God would make available to us. And so that is a root of um, yeah. accusation to say, you know, if if my mom had sought Jesus and his wisdom and his counsel to love me well as a little girl, then I would have known that kind of love. Yeah. And, and I think, Cheryl, the fact that you said putting a voice to it, mm-hmm. I think that that's why so many people are so hypersensitive right now. And, and speaking out on so many different things, because they really are wanting to put a voice on it. But the voice that they're, they're putting on the situation isn't the voice that they actually uh, should be putting on it, right? They're, they're acting out with a, a different um, anger or resentment type of voice, as opposed to that, that victim uh, wounded place in order to get healed. They just want to... Um, and I'm, I can tap in all kinds of scenarios and I won't, but they're just wanting to really fight back instead of just really surrender and do the forgiveness um, exercise because that's, it takes work, right? It takes a lot of work. Right. Well, and the other piece with that is that when we are wounded, our soul says something is owed to us. Mm. And so when we don't choose to go the, the route of forgiveness, what we are pursuing is the thing that we think will satisfy the debt that is owed to us because we have been hurt. Mm-hmm. And um, so the invitation is to make our accusations. Accusation is not excuse, nor is it condemnation. It's not, I'm not going to be the judge. I'm just describing what my experience in relationship with another has been. Mm-hmm. And that that in itself brings some freedom right there. Mm-hmm. Because oh, yeah. isn't it true that most people feel that if I'm going to identify the offense, uh, then, I, then I'm going to have to judge it or condemn it as wrong. Yeah. But what you're saying is you can actually distance that part of it, just be realistic in making certain that the accusation is factual and honest without condemning that person. That is a tricky thing to balance. Yeah. Uh, how did you go about that in your own life? Because... Obviously, certain of those offenses mounted up and you had to make those distinctions. Right. Well, and, you know, sometimes um, I'll give an example like with my dad. So I grew up um, in a home where if my dad was to hear me say I didn't feel that I was loved well, it would have broken his heart. Hmm. Um, Because in his mind, to love your family well meant that you provided for what they needed Mm-hmm. And, um, and that you had fun together when that was possible, but, you know, not always possible, but, 
But my dad left every Monday morning when I was a little girl and came back on Friday night. And he was a traveling salesman and nothing was available through the internet or Zoom at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and to be fair, my dad loved people and he loved meeting new people. And so it was a life-giving um, kind of job for him. But as a little girl, I never understood that that was his way of loving me. Um, of, and so some, right. And, and there was never an explanation of this is the way I'm demonstrating love for you. My dad would leave on Monday morning and he'd say, you obey your mom. And if you don't, I can be home by nighttime and I will hear about it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, so we basically lived a life of terrorizing all week long. And then we cleaned up the house on Monday or Friday afternoon. So that dad thought we had it all together during the week. And (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I wonder how many families have experienced just that. I mean, even in this day and time, right? There's a a lot of uh, people that do travel for their for their work. And it doesn't mean that they don't love their family. Right. It's just that's how they're showing their love. And yet it didn't come across in the way that you would have wanted to have been loved. By right. Your dad, right. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, every child, I love um, one of my favorite writers is Kurt Thompson. And he says, everyone comes into the world looking for the one who's looking for them. Mm-hmm. And when we grow up as little children and our parents don't look us in the face and say, I've been looking for you today. I'm so glad you're here. You know, something's missing. And the other thing that happened as a consequence of that choice that my dad made was my mom was responsible for everything that happened from Monday to Friday. And so that meant that in some ways she took responsibility for my relationship with my dad as well. And so, you know, it wasn't until I was an adult that I decided she needed to get out of the middle and I could have my own relationship with my dad. So mm, that's another accusation I had to make against my mom. And, mm. um, you know, so the, that's kind of an example of accusations. Okay. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, so you were going through this process, uh, I think you said for about six months, you're in your fifties. So you went way back to the beginning and I'm sure there were other instances, uh, friends or relationships, your husband. So all of these things were now coming to the surface, correct? Yeah. And you were, were you, taking time for each one of those that, that God brought to mind, or were you sort of lumping them all together and say, all right, let's just deal with the whole deal. <laughs> right. Um, well, I found it most helpful and I still do with people is to start um, as close to the beginning as they um, are willing or where, um, where they need to. Um, and I think it helps person by person because then each person is accountable for um, the way they have loved us or not and um, uh, or respected us, you know, one of the things that we find out when we aren't loved well, that it, um, it, it has a way of creating a sense of our image. Okay, so we take on the image of the way that we have been loved or lack of love. Mm. Okay, or the way that our voice has been um, incorporated into relationship or not. Um, those kinds of things. So it is, it's really reasonable to think that you need to do it one person at a time. Mm -hmm. And then you sort of work to the the Mm. biggest crisis, maybe, or the most present person kind of thing. Um, 
And, you know, that's what counseling, I mean, that that's just what counseling does, doesn't it? It's just a place yeah. where we can be, uh, where we can voice what our reality is, and we can have a sense that we are heard and validated. Yeah. And um, so in, in one respect, that in itself is healing. So you're, you're, you're going through and you're making, uh, you're, you're letting surface those, those offenses and those wounds. You're, you're giving the explanation, the accusation, if you will, without the condemnation. What, what actually takes place then that allows you to get free? It's one thing to acknowledge those things. What's the next step then so that you know you've truly been able to forgive and be free? Okay, so the, the next step after you've made accusation is that you, so you, if the, the, maybe the best picture is that you're going um, with your lawyer before the judge, who is your heavenly father. So you're not going to tell the judge what he's supposed to, you know, what's supposed to happen here to this person. Mm -hmm. You're just making your case. And one of the important roles of a witness in that is that they know the law. So when I am describing what my relationship was growing up, and then my friend Didi says to me, you know, that's not the way parents are supposed to treat their children. It's not her idea of the standard of love, but it's God's standard. And, and so I've gone with my lawyer now before the judge. And I've said, this is the reality of my experience. And this is the accusation that I bring against the, the person. And then what the judge wants to know is, well, what do you think would make, would satisfy you? You know, what, what's the uh, legitimate payment that should be made? That is a very important thing for us to recognize. So, well, do I want an apology? Do I want that person to pay the debt they owe me? Like if they owe me a hundred dollars, if they just pay me the hundred, I don't even care about the interest. Just give me my money back, you know? Or um, do I have some other form of restitution that I would require? Or um, maybe, maybe if the offense is bad enough, maybe they just really need to die. Like maybe mm. I just like mm. that would. And and you know, the scripture tells us that the wages of sin is death, doesn't it? So to speak that out. Yes. So I have to identify in my soul what it is that I think is owed me. Now, sometimes um, when we think of death, we don't necessarily think the person needs to die, like physically, but they need to change it how they are in relationship with me. So the kind of relationship that I have with them needs to die. Um, and so, and all those things are, are legitimate, but if we don't forgive, that is the demand that we continue to make all of our lives on that person in that relationship. And that's the thing that we hold out hope for. And so in, in, in doing that, we're giving the other person power. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't even realize that you're in a, in a place of feeling unforgiveness, no. even a lot of times. So, you know, here, here's a question. Are there oftentimes people that um, they have their offenses so buried it's just really deeply buried that they don't even realize they're not even aware that they need to forgive and if so, like what happens? What are the, the symptoms or the results of that? Yeah, I like your word symptoms 
mm-hmm. um, because I, I think so many times we have problems <laughs> and then we come to therapists or friends, you know, how many times do you repeat your story to a friend just saying, tell me I'm not crazy. Like <laughs> this really happened and it's really wrong, isn't it? You know? Um, and so um, we, so, so just in that would be an example of a symptom where I just don't trust myself anymore. Like I can't, how do I know? Like, I can't even make a decision that I, I trust because mm. uh, the experiences of my life have been so crazy making. Okay. One example. Yeah. Okay. One of the things um, that I believe is that when we have been wounded and sinned against, abused, treated wrongly, loved inappropriately or, um, you know, inadequately, that we really do carry the debt. The person who sins against us, the perpetrator, they don't care debt. They, They move on. They go up, you know, they don't even know they've hurt. They just, you know, that's kind of their way of life. Of, of banging between one person and the next, you know, and mm. causing their chaos. Um, but the victim is the one who carries the debts. And your body uh, hears that and knows it. I mean, at the cellular level, and we've talked about that before, Cheryl. So it, um, it doesn't go unnoticed by your body. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, whatever we need to do to soothe, mm-hmm. like it is, it is um, the addictions and abuses that we inflict on ourselves and on others are all symptoms of un, I believe, unresolved forgiveness. I, I just want to go, I want to go back for a minute because you, you define sort of step one in the process of forgiveness, you know, making the accusation. Step two, if I'm understanding it, is really to kind of verbalize what you think the judge ought to do about it, <laughs> right? Right. What, what happens after that? Because maybe the judge and you don't really agree. I mean, maybe you're asking the judge to do something that he's not doing. Well, that's popular. a hard question. <laughs> well, then we're just done, you know. <laughs> I carry it around, stuff it under the rug. That would be Come that on would now. Be Come the, on now. You've been right. freed yourself. What'd you go through? What'd you go through? And what can you tell others to, to get free? Yeah. So the, the next um, invitation, I, and the, the thing about this whole experience of forgiveness that is so amazing is that it is really ultimately about reordering and rightly ordering our relationship to God. Mm. Yes. And amen. so, good. you know, yeah. it's saying, I'm not God and you are. Mm. And mm. so everything that you are, what could I trust that you would be that on my behalf? Could I trust that you would be a faithful judge that in your time you would bring um, justice on my behalf? Or and so if I do that, then I'm going to have to give up my pursuit of what I think justice would, would be or my vengeful response to get what I want. Um, and so there's um, that point, a point of choice where we say, I'm going to let God be God. And I'm actually going to stop practicing the presence of what has happened to me and begin to practice his presence in my life and what he says about me. Mm. Um, beautiful. And I have taken your course, Cheryl, and Todd has as well. It's amazing. Um, But I recall the demonstration that you showed. And I think it's so powerful when you had two people, actually three people up at the room and you had one as kind of God or, you know, and then one as the, um, the victim. And then, then the person in the middle who is trying to kind of deflect 
Oh, the right. victims in the middle. The victims right, right. in the middle. The and perpetrators the perpetrator on the is on the other side. So you've got right. God over here. You've got mm-hmm. um, the perpetrator here. And here I am in the middle. Right, right. Okay. And that is the way we live without forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we talk to God over here and we, you know, tell him how sad we are and what we think he ought to do. And then we try to change our relationship with the perpetrator. We tell him, you know, what a jerk he's been and to stop it or to whatever plan we have for his life. And that's the way most of us live. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. the sad thing is, is when we live that way, it's the perpetrator whose presence we practice because they are all about the conversation that we have with God and the conversation that we have with them. And in this place, the most powerful thing I can say to people is that forgiveness is not reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And you are, we are not ready to, to um, receive the God's work of reconciliation until we have forgiven. And when you step out of the middle of that equation, it allows God to reach the heart mm-hmm. of that perpetrator. And, that's right. And, right? and, all of so a sudden, that's, that's and, and you don't have to. And yeah. he has access. So I'm right. not in yeah. the middle. And, right. and that's, that's the, the hope that there is for the mm-hmm. victim to say, oh, now God is going to work justice on my behalf. So that will make me recognize how much I am loved and also the power of God to do something that I was never intended or able equipped to do. Okay. Exactly. So, but that takes a lot of trust it, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. to say a great illustration. I was just going to mention that Cheryl, I mean, cause really when you went through that process and now you're working with so many others going through that process, ultimately it comes down to the final decision, right? Am I willing to let it go and to trust God for the outcome of all of this? And that is one of those gestures of faith that has huge payoff because once you made that decision and you see others make it, what's the result of that? What happens when you know that, you know, I have let it go. I'm trusting God. What's the outcome of that? Well, there's freedom, right? Freedom. Yeah, there you go. Ta-da, that's what this is all about. Okay. Um, that's it. But one of the things I want to say that happens, it's really important in the process before that, is um, that because we are meaning-making people, I believe that one of Satan's huge attempts at keeping us stuck is to... Um, make us think that if we could understand what happened to us, Mm. that Mm. that would satisfy our soul. Ah. And again, I don't have problems with therapists because they are really important people in a lot of people's lives in the journey. So much of therapy can be about trying to understand. And we know that perpetrators are crazy makers. You know, when, when I'm hurt and when someone, a, when if they abuse me and I, it's crazy making, you know, and first of all, people will take the responsibility themselves and say, you know, if I only hadn't whatever, and certainly that's what the perpetrator wants us to believe. And but what if they really are the crazy maker? What if that person really is? I mean, they have to go through the process of, of forgiving themselves. Does that ever happen? Where there's not really a perpetrator, it's kind of themselves um, that have, they've self-sabotaged, they've done all these things. They've been the crazy making person. But wouldn't you say that's one of the symptoms? Well, there you that, go. Yeah, that's okay. good. Mm. Right, that, right. Okay. But mm-hmm. but evil's presence is really is really crazy making. We know mm-hmm. that 
you know, before yes. God decided to create the earth, it was formless. It was out void. It was, it was, you know, it was messy. It had no structure. And so, but the, the thing that I want people to hear is that evil will never make sense. Mm. And we can spend all of our money and all of our time and our whole lifetime trying to make sense out of the wounding that has happened to us. Good. And, and it won't satisfy our soul because our soul, it sort of says, I don't give a rip why. Mm. I, I need to know what and how to come to peace. That, that mm. is a part of that process of accusing, you know, is to come to the place where we're saying, oh, wow, like this understanding this is not the whole point. And as a, as a person who is a witness, that's the role I often take. Um, it's important to talk about trying to make sense out of and, but that's not the goal. And, and I think, um, to notice when a person is getting stuck in trying to understand rather than to say, this is the description of what happened to me. It's like when, um, a person gets cancer, you know, the doctor doesn't say why it happened. That's not where they go unless they're a researcher. That what the doctor says is you have breast cancer and this is the best treatment for it. And so that's what we're going to do. What would you say um, the number one thing is that most people have a hard time letting go of and forgiving? Have you found? Yeah, is there something there, common across? Cause yeah. with all the, all the folks you've worked with, people. has there ever been one thing that seems to, to come to the surface right. more often than not, or does it just cover a gamut of different things in this season right now? <clears throat> I think that the hardest thing is when people have been wounded by the church. That is a whole nother episode yeah, <clears throat> right there. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Invite you into. Yeah. Because I'm just, I'm sensing right now, some folks are listening or watching that they're, bo they're bobbing their heads up and down. Yeah, that's me. That's me. I just turned them away. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's yeah. not, it's like, like Cheryl is saying, it's it, don't allow yourself to stay stuck there. Right, right. You deserve better than that. You mm -hmm. deserve freedom. Yeah. Right. God doesn't want you stuck there. No matter what it is that has offended you or hurt you or, or abused you in whatever way, the good news is there's actually freedom. So Cheryl, yeah. here's- So this is a freedom. I'm going to tell you, <clears throat> okay, before yeah. you ask. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So far, what we've talked about is what anybody will receive from a good therapist. But this is the good news, is that the blood of Jesus, just as much as it is enough to pay for the sin that we commit, is enough to pay for the sins that we committed against you. And so we don't preach that. And yet I know that I know that the scripture says that Jesus died to pay for the sin of the whole wide world. Yeah. Wow. That that's, that's the you core. Got choked up too. I did good. because it's, it's the truth. If, yeah. if you've experienced that in your own life, you, you, you know, <clears throat> the truth of that yeah. and everything else falls short of that reality and that yeah. truth. It is the bomb that heals the sin sick soul. Yeah. You know, and mm. um, I, I, can be kind of hard on the church when I, um, when I say we have preached a gospel for perpetrators, but we haven't had good news for victims. And the sad thing is we do have good news for victims. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I got to say that again, because that was so good. So really it's, it's, it's the good news of what Jesus did for us, the shed blood 
on the cross. I know that sounds a little religious, but it was the, the beautiful act of sacrifice from our Lord and Savior, Jesus. That is the balm that heals the sin-sick soul. That is that. freedom. That yeah. is really good. News. That's your next book right there, <laughs> yes. book title. Yes, <laughs> that's your book title, Cheryl. But speaking of oh. book, I do want to mention this yeah. again because this is just it's it's not a big it's a it's not a big book, a big read. Well, that's why I read it because it wasn't threatening. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it is so yeah. full of just incredible mm-hmm. um action steps and nuggets of truth. And I mean, this is what you've lived for so long and you got it on paper and your heart is here. Mm-hmm. And we know your heart and this this book is 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 really um, can be life-changing when you go through the process, right? So again, it's it's um, Freedom, Forgiveness, How by Cheryl Witham. And so the best way to get a hold of this would be how. How could someone get a hold of this um, book? They're going to email Cheryl. They're going to email you. Yep, they're going to email Okay. Yeah, we'll and put that in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. Wonderful. Yeah. I just want to yes. make sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I do want to end, I do want to say, you know, my happily ever after part of forgiveness yes. for me. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, so I, I finally got done with my parents and everybody else who had, you know, um, wounded me in life um, and came to my relationship with John. And um, the, the most amazing thing happened when I got out of the middle. And that was that, um, you know, God, God didn't send a, a lightning bolt. He, um, he called John up to responsibility for his relation, his own relationship with God. And um, he found that to be nurtured in a um, um, group of men who loved the Lord as well and who loved him. And his image of himself was transformed. Mm, and, you know, beautiful. when we don't feel good about ourselves, we don't treat other people um, very well. And right. as God began to heal John's image of himself. Um, we all experienced uh, just a transformed life. And it was so great to, and kind of God to do that before he passed. Oh, that is goodness. so beautiful. Wow. Yeah. And, and just, <laughs> just talking about the ripple effect of forgiveness yeah. and the, the ripple effect of, of seeing yourself as God really does see you and being healed and free. Uh, yeah. That's Sorry, I can't talk without tears. It's okay. It's good. That's because we love about you. You feel for real, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Cheryl, thank you so very much for for spending time with us today on your biggest breakthrough. You've had numerous breakthroughs, but you have helped so many with their biggest breakthrough. And so keep doing the the great work you're doing. We are so grateful to be a friend and and to to know you. It's my greatest joy. You know that. I do. I do. All right. Thanks, friends. Thank Thank you you so much. Take care. Bless you. All right. Bless you. Bye-bye. Wow. So, um, yeah. So (laughs) Cheryl just has just nuggets after nugget of information that is just profound, right? Well, it comes out of life experience and you, you, you can't necessarily acquire all the depth and riches of that experience when you're 20 years old. No offense to the twenty-year-olds, right? But I'm just telling you, she's been through life. When you, she's when you get a little, and yeah, people. you get a little bit of a track record built up. You have you have earned a place to be able to speak on behalf of others. Yes, and I mean it's so true. She she loves healing, helping heal the hearts of people. Yeah, and that's and God is using her in that way. And the, the good news is that each one of us, we don't have to go into it as deeply as Cheryl did with 
you know, with, uh, with others, we can start by just loving them yes, right and where then they are. introducing them to the opportunity to get free, yeah. even though they're just maybe not even sure they're completely, totally stuck, but yeah, they may not but, even recognize it or see it, but yeah. because they're so close to their own situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, you could be the trusted friend yeah, that yeah. prays and loves and helps and start to open up the doorway. And maybe you're saying, yeah, but that's me. I got to start there. Good. Yes. That is a good place <laughs> to start. Get her a book and get to work. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, we will put all her information in the show notes. So thank you so much for tuning yeah. in. I hope this show blessed you. And um, speaking of forgiveness, we have had several other episodes on forgiveness from episode 23 with Okongo Samson. Remember mm, that? To that forgive was, uh, those who tortured and imprisoned him. Yeah, yeah. because of his faith in Christ. Yeah, and yeah. Um, episode 31 with our friend Brenda Crouch, who forgave mm. her father from the trauma mm, that she right. suffered from as a, as a young child. And then episode 52, a recent one, Misty Phillips, she experienced um, just going through some unimaginable trauma that she had, but she went through a forgiveness process, including forgiving God. And so just mm. go back, check out those episodes. Yeah. And, um, but we would, we would love to hear your thoughts on this one and know that Cheryl mm. just bless your socks off. So thanks so mm. much again for tuning yeah. in. And the bottom uh, line is yeah. get free, get free. free, get free. All right. Bless you. See you on the next one. Take care. So glad you could join us today and you'll find a new episode every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you've been encouraged by listening or viewing, would you just take a moment and give us a five-star rating and a quick review? That'd be so awesome. Yeah, and also please share this with your friends and loved ones. If you have comments or questions, or if you're looking for an advertising opportunity, please get in touch with us at yourbiggestbreakthrough.com. Or if you'd like to optimize your health and wellness, you can work directly with Wendy. Go to wendypat.com. Or if you're a guy and you're interested in mentoring and coaching, go to toddisburner.com. We look forward to having you join us on our next episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough.